0: You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Daniel. This is Chad. And we are back with yet another bonus episode. We're trying to wrangle the Screeners and get us all here for a review, but it's uh, for a full episode, but it's been a little tough. But that's okay. It's, tough. it's okay, though. We got some good content for you today. We're going to be reviewing A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, but before we get to that, as always, we want to let you know to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast or search for the Screeners Podcast on Facebook. And you can always uh, send us an email. You can uh, email us at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys, join in the conversation because uh, that's where a lot of the fun happens. All right, and also before we get to our bonus review, this is our first episode since our Oscar Reactions episode, which was right after the Oscars. And so what we didn't do on that show is talk about our Oscars contest. So we need to reveal the winners and possibly the losers of our Oscars (laughs) contest. Especially the losers. (laughs) Especially the losers. (laughs) And what our contest was is that if you beat the screeners, if, if somebody guesses more than uh, all five of us screeners, then we would buy you your favorite Oscar nominee from this year.
1: Surely nobody beat us, right, Daniel?
0: Let's find out if somebody beat us, all right? So uh, I'm going to go through the screeners' scores. We're going to make sure we revisit this on a future episode so, so that we can kind of rub each other's scores uh, in, in each other's faces here. So we will make sure to do that. But for now, I'm going to reveal the screeners' scores. Chad, you scored 19 out of 24 that's a respectable score
1: oh man okay yeah all right i thought i had 20 i must have miscounted that's a bummer had
0: had 19 there so um i think some people entered like multiple contests and changed some answers i know some people did that so for me i had 17 out of 24 so you beat me which really sucks uh, I'm
1: pretty happy about that. Actually, I feel good. <laughs> I feel good about that,
0: man. I just didn't do very well this year. It's because I went I did some riskier picks. I talked about that on our on our reactions episode. I went, you did. I you went fell risky. in love with baby driver and I it, took, it
1: took care of you. <laughs> and
0: then I and then I also predicted get out for best picture. So I went a little risky there. But alas. All right. So uh, Wait, before so we move
1: on. So this is two years in a row. You you did not win the screeners. Uh, that's accurate. Is that true? I'm always. Really, that's really something to say because you are unquestionably the Oscar yeah. es- expert. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Okay. It's
0: because I'm I'm it's, I'm too cocky. I just I'm too cocky about it. So it, <laughs> it serves me right. All right. So that's us. Uh, but what about the rest of the screeners? We have Chris also has 19. You guys tied there. No way. It, way. No way. All right. And then. Uh, Melody won from us screeners. She won as she always does. She won last year. She's really good at this, and it really ticks me off. Uh, she got twenty-one out of twenty-four. That is very are you respectable. Kidding me?
1: That's what did very... she miss? Do you do you have her list?
0: She only missed best original screenplay, best documentary short, and live action short. Which, if you miss the shorts, I mean, I still that I respect because those are impossible. Uh so yeah, she did
1: very very well. Wow. Very wow. well. She's going to be insufferable. <laughs> even more so than you, but Yeah.
0: I'm insufferable oh, even man. when I lose, so, you know. <laughs> That's also factual. <laughs> so, uh I'm still missing one screener. Uh Josh Ziegler Take a wa- take a guess. How many do you think he got right?
1: I'm going to say 14.
0: He got 6 correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is six i i missed I, it's more It's almost impossible to get six yeah to he only gets that's
0: like that's better like i i missed more than he got correct <laughs> so that's uh, amazing yeah so he actually josh did the worst out of anybody who entered our contest so he, he got six
1: congratulations josh <laughs> so i wish we had a prize for him but we don't. Well, surely there was no one that beat 21. Did we have, a, we have somebody beat 21? We had one
0: person who wow. beat the screeners. We had a couple 20s. I, I was actually i was telling you before we started the show, I was actually surprised. I would say maybe the average out of the 42 people, if I had to guess, the average score was like 15 or 16 out of 24, which is pretty, pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, so we had a few 20s, but yes, we had one person. Who scored a 22 and that is steven keller he's a friend of ours from twitter he uh he got 22 out of 24 he only missed best original song and he he went uh, he i had convinced him to go with this is me and then he also missed live action short film again which is respectable anyway so sure. 22 out of 24 that is very very good so um Uh, that's awesome as promised we sent him a copy of his favorite oscar nominee from this year and guess what he chose chad
1: i hope it was the florida project uh oh it it wasn't an oscar nominee it was but well technically it was i don't know what did he pick it was ladybird he's a smart man man. that's a waste of a blue no no
0: he's a smart man so, Stephen, uh, congratulations! You guys can find Stephen on Twitter at Stephen M Keller, K E L L E R. Stephen M Keller. So, give him a follow. Uh, he obviously knows what he's t- talking about when it comes to Oscars. So, congrats,
1: Stephen. Congratulations! That's a really fantastic score, sir. Fantastic. Very, very
0: good score. Uh, and and like we did last year, we want to we want to just give a special shout out to the person uh, outside of the screeners who did the worst on our Oscars contest. Um, and that, that honor belongs to Alan Gordon, seven out of 24. Respect Alan, <laughs> keep it up, man. You'll get him next time. And then uh, I forgot to mention Tyler Howitt, my brother who comes on this podcast quite a bit. He did 20. So, you know, he told me that he, he, when he counted it up himself, as he was following along with the show, he said that he tied me with 17 out of 24, but, I don't know what he changed, but he got 20 out of 24 according to our oh, contest. Wow. And then uh, also Britton, who's another friend of the show, got 18 out of 24. So what that means, Chad, is that out of everybody who who periodically
1: comes on the Screeners show, I did the second to worst. I only beat Josh. This is terrible. Congratulations. You know, I was going to say not only did you not win the Screeners, you didn't even win in your own family. So no, I didn't. I mean, this is like a new low. This is it's terrible. A new low. I, I like this i like this daniel i don't know what this means but i feel good about it
0: it's embarrassing is what it is all right well everybody thank you so much to all of you who joined us
1: wait before before we go away, i just want to say congratulations to me chris melody tyler and Britton for winning the beat daniel oscars bowl
0: <laughs> wonderful all right well everybody thank you so much for joining us for our Oscars contest all 42 of you uh, and then everybody else who uh, has just been following along with us uh, through award season we are so thankful that you uh, you've been following along and we love talking about the awards or at least I do so at least uh, at least somebody's listening to me
1: all right uh, seriously daniel before we wrap things up i do want to say a very sincere and you better pay attention because it doesn't happen very often (laughs) but i do want to say a very sincere thank you on behalf of myself and the screeners and i know our audience and listeners for all the magnificent work that you put in a lot of time and effort in articles and breakdowns and it's just it's just been a joy to watch and i know it's been great content for our listeners so seriously big shout out to you for for all that work
0: thanks man uh like i said it's it's, uh, it's my addiction, so at least I have somewhere to, to pour that useless knowledge out. And with that, we are going to move into the real content of this episode, our full review of A Wrinkle in Time. Close your eyes. See with mine. You were a top student, but look at you now. You can't keep using your father's disappearance as an excuse to act out. Is that his work? What's it about? Their dad, he wanted to touch the stars. Imagine that the ant here wants to get to her other hand. The quickest option is to walk across the street. But it turns out a straight line is not the shortest distance between two points. Not if you use a fifth dimension. It's outside of the rules we know of time and space. And arrives in my hand instantaneously.
1: So you fall into space.
0: More likely, wrinkle it. Where are we?
1: And that is the trailer from A Wrinkle in Time, the 2018 adaptation by Ava DuVernay of the 1962 book by Madeline Engel, a classic uh, science fantasy novel. Daniel, I don't know about you. Have you read the book A Wrinkle in Time? I have not. Okay, so I read this when I was a kid. But to be honest with you, I didn't really remember a lot about it. So I went into this film not really sure. And then as the as the movie I kept going, I, some of the things came back to me. But there's no doubt it is a, it's a classic novel. It's often been called unfilmable for a lot of different reasons, the various things themes that it explores and the way that it's portrayed in the book if it would translate to the cinema we're going to keep our our comments general at the beginning and give our overall opinions and suggestions related to the film then we'll move into spoilers but i did want to i did want to say first uh and and let me i should say the synopsis of this film on on imdb is after the disappearance of her scientist father three peculiar beings send meg her brother and her friend to space in order to find him And so, Daniel, it's no secret on the show that I'm a a huge fan of Ava DuVernay. Uh, I think one of the great crimes in Oscar history is that she wasn't nominated for Best Director for Selma and that David Oyelowo wasn't nominated for Actor either. But just a a magnificent up-and-coming filmmaker, even though she's become an extremely powerful voice in Hollywood for inclusion and diversity, and just a very, very talented, talented filmmaker. And so this was her first. I think I read somewhere, and I I don't want to misquote this, but I think I read that she's the first woman to ever have a film with a budget over a hundred million dollars I believe
0: it's black woman I think she's a, I think other women have had that I think Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman had that uh, okay but she's the first so woman maybe of color
1: maybe Patty Jenkins may be the only other one I, yeah that the, might be true with a budget that size so there's obviously some social things going on outside of this movie that are are important that people are watching Uh, But what we want to talk about today, Daniel, is did this movie work for you? Uh, What did you think about this movie from the standpoint of a it's obviously marketed towards children as Mm -hmm. a a kid's film, but it's a fantasy novel that has a long history. And so tell me, did uh, what did you think of A Wrinkle in Time?
0: Well, yeah, and, and one other thing as far as, you know, uh, how it's how the movie is affecting social change, this was, I believe, this is one of the first times with two movies with largely diverse casts have, have become number one and number two at the box office, um, which is pretty awesome, and both directed by directors of color, which is pretty awesome. So that's great. But you know that, like you said, that doesn't really impact what we think of the movie. And so, like I said up front, I have no connection to the source material uh, at all. I did not read the book. I've not seen the TV movie that that came out, you know, a couple decades ago. So I, I really have no connection to this. But just like you, I'm a huge fan of Ava DuVernay's earlier projects, Selma Thirteenth, both great. So um, I was I was really excited for this. I thought the trailers looked good as well. Um, and and what this movie has going for it is beautiful production design and costume design. I mean. It that is fantastic. That's easily the best part of this movie. The the misses have great costumes from beginning to end. Uh, some of the the different planets have really cool environments. But but that's about all I enjoyed from it. To be quite honest with you, that's that's about as far okay. as I can go. Um, now and not that this movie is horrible. I, I feel like I'm going to sound a lot more negative than I really am, uh, because it's just it's just kind of boring. That's that's really it. It's not offensive. It's not and trash. It's just when you. When I start to talk about this movie, it's just there's so many little things that are wrong with it. Well, actually, not even little things. There's just so much wrong with this movie, Uh, starting with the fact that there's just no cohesive story. And again, I I don't know how the the, the, the source material is. Maybe that's just how the story is. I don't know. But this movie did not have a cohesive story. Things just kept happening with no rhyme or reason, and uh, there was no story connecting us. Yes, she was looking for her dad, why was she in space? Why was she on these different planets? Why did she need to go to a different planet? Why did anything... I just... There was no reason for anything that was happening. The Mrs. just showed up and whisked away the kids with no purpose, didn't tell them anything. Um, and then they just dropped them on a planet and said, go look for your dad. And And nothing kept the story moving. So I just didn't understand... What was happening? Nothing kept me invested in the movie. Um, the writing was really bad. The dialogue was terrible. What was really funny is that Mindy Kaling's character speaks in like famous quotes and proverbs, right? But that's how everybody's dialogue sounded to me in this movie. <laughs> everybodys It sounded like everybody spoke in these proverbs, like love is the frequency. It was like, what, 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 how, why are you talking this way? I just don't understand. And then the biggest surprise, like I told you, I'm going to sound a lot more negative than I am. It's just, there's so much wrong. Well, the, one of the biggest surprises of this movie is how poor the acting is. I mean, they have Oscar winners in here and, and it's really bad. Reese Witherspoon was really terrible in this movie. Really, truly bad. And that was just shocking to me because I think Reese Witherspoon's great. You know, Oprah was just bland. And they took the funniest person in the cast, Mindy Kaling, and... Made, removed her ability to talk freely and be funny. <laughs> so, it was just so odd. Um I do want to single out Storm Reed, the the star, the young star of this movie. She was actually yeah. great. I actually liked her um in this film. So, I think she she hopefully has a bright future cuz she and well the adults were mostly terrible. I thought she was pretty good overall. She did she, you know, poor writing didn't give her a lot of great stuff to do, but this movie is just disappointing as a whole. And it has great messages of self-worth and inclusion and love, and that's all fantastic. And I support the message. And hopefully, kids who watch this, they'll they'll certainly, uh, I, I would hope that they like this movie more than I did, and maybe they'll take those messages to heart. But for me, I just I just did not like this movie. I thought it was really poorly constructed and bland.
1: Wow! All right, Daniel comes out swinging. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna have to unfortunately agree with a lot of what you're saying, Daniel. I feel like I may be a little more positive than you are, but not a lot. Uh, I do want to start with the positives, so let me let me let me start with the positives. I do think this movie does have a few flourishes of true beauty and real emotion, and I don't mean beauty from the from the set design or the CGI or any of that. Although it certainly does have. Uh, really gorgeous production design for the most part. There are really a, a few moments in this movie that quite affected or quite impacted me from an emotional standpoint because of the thematic resonance. Uh, specifically, I, w- I was moved by the relationship but I'm trying to keep this general here, but the absentee father yeah. uh, scenario in here and how that impacts a child. And not to get too personal here because my parents were wonderful parents, but my father's job did require him to be away from us quite a bit. And so it's very possible. I understand a lot and empathize a lot with what the the character of Storm Reid uh, went through. And so that really was resonant for me and I thought it was portrayed very well and accurately. I also thought that there was a the few moments of real beauty and emotion around this family that's trying to uh, stay together and work things out, this this family that's been brought together with an adopted child, and just the interaction and the love between a brother or a stepbrother and stepsister. There's some really nice things in here, and when we get into spoilers, I'll unpack this a little more. We can talk more freely about it, but I do think there are some some thematic things that are, are really very well done. Exploration, like you mentioned, Dan- uh, like you mentioned, Daniel, of self-empowerment, but... A lot of that is dulled by the just utter lack of execution in so many ways. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, but it's mind-boggling how... On the nose and poorly written this thing is. I mean, to be honest with you, the the missus, the group of the, of the three ladies, they really do feel very aloof and, and detached. Mm-hmm. To, you can't really take them seriously. That's a combination of their performances for sure, but it's also the way that they're written. They mm-hmm. really do exist as exposition machines time after time after time and understand there has to be some of that when we're talking about this fantasy slash space we don't really know what's going on there has to be some explanation especially since we're talking with kids but it doesn't really make a lot of sense the way they're written is very much just to get you from point a to point b and explain what's happening, what should happen to the characters so that they then can execute it. And that then takes the adventure out of the of the film. And that's one of the things that I f- find most shocking about this is that a movie like A Wrinkle in Time should be if anything should be adventurous and thrilling and this movie is neither it's not adventurous enough i mean there are moments of action but it's not adventurous enough it's not thrilling enough the goal that they're trying to accomplish is really accomplished very easily and without a lot of of tension in that journey it just the cgi for me especially in the last act really is poor it is at the same time very simple a to b quest while being extremely convoluted and complicated <laughs> yeah. but with nothing explained to us as the viewer as to how things work or why they work as an adult I can't imagine that kids will be able to crack this thing yeah. uh, any better although there are certainly some moments and I when I saw this film there were kids all around me mostly early teen maybe nine, 10, 11 years old and and there were moments where they were absolutely thrilled with delight. And so I do think that kids will like this movie more than adults. But honestly, I don't think that this is even a great, fun adventure, for even for kids. It certainly is important for representation and for the thematic kinds of things that they can take away from it. But... Those themes deserve a better movie than this, and I, I'm just really disappointed because I love Eva DuVernay so much as a filmmaker, and I just really feel like this is just a big swing and a miss yeah. overall.
0: No doubt. And uh, one of the, uh, you know, let's talk about some few positive things where we can. I was so frustrated at how bad the acting was for, for most of the first act that one of the surprises for me was Zach Galifianakis. I thought he was great in this movie partially because his was one of the only characters that was genuinely funny. So it was actually really funny when he came on screen. And then when he got quiet and had this one-on-one conversation with the main character, he was very genuine and heartfelt. I I really appreciated that. I was just so surprised that of all the people in this cast, he was one of the ones that I was most impressed
1: with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think when he first came on, the exchange that he has with, with Kaling's character is really very funny. Yeah. But then that was it yeah. as far as being funny in that scene. But I also agree that his, his performance there was very earnest and heartfelt, and, and I believed it. And, and talking about Mindy Kaling, you're exactly right that they probably miscast those roles with Kaling and, and Reese and could have switched those. Yes. But even under the current construct where she can only speak in quotes and all these things she's evolved beyond language they didn't use that to any great effect nope. i mean every now and then they did they had one that was like a i'm gonna assume was a chris tucker kind of thing or something i yeah. said chris that was pretty cute but with that construct for her dialogue they should exploit the heck out of that thing and just have really funny things and then mom- moments that are more poignant and And they just kind of threw it away. It was Mm -hmm. just really underutilized and and, and underserved, which is I think the the overall theme of this movie is that it, it felt like it was too short. The movie was too short. But it also felt like it was too long. Yeah. <laughs> because it was so it was, it was it was so strange. I really do want to get into spoilers so we can talk about some specifics. Yep. Is there anything else, Daniel? anything you wanted to highlight? I do want to say, I agree with you one hundred percent about Storm Reed. I think she's wonderful in this movie. I, I totally bought her. And honestly, um even though the way it's the way that it's written, Charles Wallace's character, his name is uh, it's Derek McCobb, is a great performance. I really and I love the dynamic of that character and having read the book, Because I've seen some complaints that he's too smart to be a five-year-old, but that's kind of the point. And so the the movie doesn't do a a good job of explaining his level of intellect and how that impacts everything that happens around his character. But I I did like his performance as well, even though the writing doesn't do him any favors. It's tough
0: because um, so much of what that character, the character, not the actor, did was so frustrating and annoying yeah. that it's hard to separate that from the performer. But yeah, so he, I think he did execute the, cause I think he was supposed to be kind of annoying. So I think he, he executed is, been- that.
1: And but like I said, he doesn't really get any favors because it's it's a cut to shot of him and yeah. then he runs in and goes, hey, come with me. And it's just like, it's that over and over and over again, which, yeah, just fails at a script level for sure. But uh, anything else you wanted to, to talk about or highlight, Daniel, before we make our recommendations?
0: Uh, what did you think about the use of pop music in this movie? They're kind of peppered throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was really it just made it feel so cheap.
1: I agree. So for me, as far as using kind of popular music in general in a film, I think if a film earn, earns it, I'm down with that 100%. What I think they did here or, or how I've Feel how my impression was is that they had to use that music to try and drum up some sense of emotion in that moment yeah. that was not earned by what we were actually seeing. So they relied on the music to take you to that, to whatever place they were trying to get us to, to convey that, which again, if it's in a film where it's earned, I'm down with that, but it was kind of distracting to me
0: did not work and and uh, coming from black panther you know both these films have an album of songs that were written for the film and black panther used those to incredible effect Um and it never felt like it took you out of the film or anything and and this definitely did yeah so
1: another another general question i have for you daniel is i really felt like it started off the CGI when they first go to I can't remember the the planet yeah, the very first one that they go to I thought okay now this is beautiful I like this I like this and the longer that the film went and it kind of got into CGI land where everything was CGI mm. it really didn't work for me did the CGI bother you or was it so did you was the production di- design good enough that it wasn't the it,
0: it was kind of odd it, it, I I don't have an easy answer to that question because I think the visual effects were competent like it's not that they looked bad or that it was poor quality it was just high quality bland looking things if that makes any sense at all like the the, right. the stuff was just never very interesting looking o- overall i mean there were some moments I, again i think the whatever planet where zach Galifianakis was where it was all fiery and or the glowy, rock bridge that was yeah. that was kind of interesting looking but uh, outside of that just overall the cinematography was was kind of just bland just very bright and even and and colorful and
1: well-lit close-ups yeah
0: and it just so so the cinematography combined with the visual effects just made it they were just high quality beautiful bland things it was a very weird combination of beauty and boringness that i'm not sure that i've seen before
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. Also, I meant to ask you, too, you talked about the three kids and their performances, or, or or we did. The Levi Miller character, I understand what he is supposed to be as far as kind of subverts the expectations there where he's the, you know, the boy that's going to come in and he ends up having to be rescued at every turn by the girl. And I right. get all that. I just thought his performance in general seemed very strange to me. Like he was always, he always had this weird look on his face. Like he, and of course, we're supposed to, Understand that they're they have a little budding relationship and all that and all that's fine. It just felt very wooden and mechanical to me. Is that just me or, or how did that hit you?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. He kind of had like a almost like a smirk the whole time, kind of like he was yeah. in, he was kind of in on a in on the joke of this world or something. So yeah, I agree. I didn't necessarily feel that it was bad, or I I, I didn't I didn't feel one way or the other. That he didn't stand out to me very much.
1: Gotcha. For me, that was the one performance that I, I felt among amongst the the younger performers anyway, that, that I thought just didn't, didn't really connect. But, very much like you said, Daniel. I don't want to be overly negative because I cannot, in good conscience, say that this is a poorly made film or that it's a bad film. Right. And the moments where it connected with me were strong enough that I would still, I would still say this is a good film. It's just a missed opportunity, I think, overall. So uh,
0: yeah, I think you're definitely a little more positive. W- I wouldn't say that it's good. I definitely wouldn't say that this is garbage or this is terrible. It's just, it's just pretty bland for me so yeah you're a little bit more positive than me
1: so let's move to our recommendations daniel before we jump into spoilers is this something that you think people should see in the theater should they rent it should they stream it, or should they skip it altogether?
0: So I'm not a parent, so it's it's a little hard for me to speak to what kids will or won't be impacted by, but I do imagine that this would be a, a nice film for children. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit over their heads, but I don't know. It's definitely more suited for children than adults. So if you have kids, take them to the theater, because I think this is a good fun film. I, d- I think they're a, they'll at least be entertained. So if you have kids, take them to the theater. If you don't, or if the kids, you know, aren't in a rush to go to the theater. This is fine to stream on Netflix. It's like I said, it's not horrible. It's not bad. It's just not, good either so it's just kind of in between so (laughs) streaming it on Netflix is fine
1: okay so the next to the last tier I'm in agreement that I think kids are going to like this more than adults but I do think that the thematic areas that it explores are worthwhile I think some of the performances are good that said I'm actually going to agree with Daniel and say this from just a worthiness standpoint uh, I don't think this is theater worthy and I really honestly don't know that I would want to rent this either i think this is a streaming thing when it comes to netflix uh or hulu or wherever it goes inevitably this would be one of those that you'd want to get on a friday night uh, and stream it yeah Honestly,
0: Rachel, uh, you know my wife. When we were in the theater, you know she she has. A, I think she read the book and she watched the TV movie. When the trailer came on, she always was rolling her eyes and saying, "Oh, that does not look good." I I totally disagreed. I thought the trailers looked really good, so I was
1: I was actually very excited for this movie. But yeah, didn't deliver. Okay, so let's jump into spoilers, and we'll talk a little bit more about A Wrinkle in Time. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars?
0: You want to know how I got him? But there's so many places it wouldn't
1: have occurred to a hawk to hide.
0: However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me.
1: Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are
0: capable of once they abandon dignity. In a dream I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there, and all that dark, and all that cold.
1: And I knew that whenever
0: I got there, he'd be there.
1: Then I woke up. All right, Daniel. So we'll do a very brief discussion here of some spoilers. I do have a couple of things I wanted to get your thoughts on. One is a a practical plot thing, and the other is more of a thematic thing. So I want to start with the practical. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, I thought one of the big problems I had with this is I thought that the way that she was able to get to her father was just too easy, that that, that the group had not gone through a lot. I was really intrigued by the marionette scene. I thought that was actually done pretty well and was somewhat disturbing. Then she brings out the glasses. And she sees this, and I think that's cool. And then she just walks up the steps, and then there he is. Her dad's right there, and the you know her brother at that point, who has been affected by it or, or the it, I believe they call it, just lets her go. And then it's like, hey, dad. And then they come out. Uh, I did like the turn when they're trying to escape, where the dad is willing to leave the boy again. I thought that was interesting thematically to explore that. But in that moment, and this is where I want to get your thoughts because I I don't know what to make of it. In that moment, he says the father. It says, "I'll I'll create a tesseract and we'll." I forgot how they say that. We'll tesser back to Earth, and he and he creates this thing. So does that mean he could have done that all along and that he actually was choosing the whole time to stay there? Or was he in prison somehow? Because she didn't do anything to break him out other than walk in and hug him, and then they walk down the steps, right? Am I, I think, missing something? I, think, I mean, what did you um, pick up there?
0: Well, you're right. I, I, I don't I don't understand that at all. I think it's that her love, because the line that, because of how stupid the line is, the line kept sticking with me. Love is the frequency, so uh, I think that was the thing: is that her love was able to transport them, was able to t- make them Tesser or whatever it is. So, but then that begs the question: so he has no love? Is he? Does he not love his children? Does he not love his family enough to right. get back That's there?
1: Weird to me because it, it it came across to me like he was the one who was creating it because she chose to stay and try to save her oh, brother, yeah, you're right. and her and her dad went back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you're right. To me, I was like, so her dad could have just bounced at any moment. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, here? It just
0: didn't make any sense. And and right. that whole thing, like you said, they didn't go through anything to get there. Like it was just really silly and not challenging at all. They didn't fight anybody or yeah. it just was very I, easy.
1: I was convinced when she first found her dad that it wasn't going to be her dad, that it was her dad, yeah. but the evil version of her dad or something, because surely it's not that easy and it was. Well, anyway, even that, to that, get, that bothered me. Even to
0: get to that, the evil planet, whatever it was called, was super easy. It was like the the missus all said, no, we can't get there. We can't get there. And then they test her and they're just there. She's like, oh, you did it great (laughs) like it was oh you
1: stopped us but now we're here so now we have to leave you'll have to do it yourself yeah and by do it i mean you'll have to eat a sand sandwich (laughs) and walk up a bridge exactly i mean i guess they survived some sort of tornado thing that happened but Uh, but even that the tornado
0: thing it was just like they were being chased by this gigantic scary storm that i was like okay we're we're getting somewhere and she's she just looks at the cliff and goes oh here let's jump in a tree stump and we'll be fine it was like what
1: which was cool. I was like, oh, "Okay, she's got math. She understands science. Yeah, it it's the so slingshot thing." And then it happens, and then everything's fine. Yeah, there just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough challenge to get there. Uh, it just, which makes it, I, for me certainly, but I would think even for for children, it doesn't make the the destination pay off because the challenge isn't significant enough to rise to the level to make you care emotionally about the payoff. Yep. So it was a bummer. But I did find when I was watching the movie. It felt to me, and I think this is part of the flourishes that I talked about of emotion. Is it did feel to me that the theme, because we talk about things like self empowerment and I, you know, all of that stuff. But one of the one of the themes that really landed for me, and one of the reasons that uh, I, that it really worked for me from the central performance was the idea that this girl did not love herself, Mm -hmm. that she hated the way that her hair looked. Anytime anybody gave her a compliment, she couldn't receive it. Uh, She was self-destructive, even though it's clearly established that she's brilliant and capable, but she chooses to be self-destructive because she doesn't love herself. And I think one of the messages that we get towards the end from the missus and the different people is that and, and even the way she is able to defeat or at least damage the it is that she has to embrace the idea that even as flawed as she is, she is worthy of love. Yeah, and I think that from a from a Christian writer standpoint, that's clearly a kind of a Christ centered thing. You know, a gospel theme of "come as you are" kind of thing. Um, but not that you need to be a Christian to get that theme. But when I when I was watching the movie, one of the things that I that I think really stood out for me was that idea that this girl's journey was to say, "I am worthy of love." Flaws and all, and I think that's a great theme. I mean, did, was that one of the? Did you pick on the, pick that up at all? Or?
0: Oh, absolutely. And that's that's like I said, this movie has a great message, uh, and so I don't want to discount that. I don't want to throw out the whole movie, uh, you know, when it's got a great message like that because I think that's great for young kids, uh, you know, young girls, all kids to hear, and especially the ideas of like like you said, she doesn't love her hair, she or she hates her hair, and the kid keeps saying. Oh, I love your hair. It's awesome. So for young black girls, they don't have heroes like that on screen very often. Um, that we don't have young black girls starring in big blockbuster movies, and so that's awesome, and that's so needed, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, it just sucks that the movie around it is so weak. Yeah, I definitely picked up on those themes. I didn't. I like you. I didn't know that um, the the author was Christian until after. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have necessarily thought
1: that um, seeing the
0: movie which is fine Um, you know I don't want a movie to preach at me at all Um, so so yeah I thought the message was good
1: All right, Daniel anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up today
0: no, and we didn't talk about Chris Pine very much. Or um, I, I always, I never know how to pronounce her name. Gugu Bathura. I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah, uh, close I, enough. Um, they're always great. She's Gugu is always great. She's so great in everything that even in crappy movies like she's great in this. She's great in Cloverfield Paradox. So I want to see more of her. Um, I yeah, know she's agreed. she's got some good stuff coming out. A movie called Fast Color. Um, that's getting rave reviews at South by Southwest right now. So I'm excited to see more from her because she's always great in everything that she's in.
1: Yeah. And I think Chris Pine was great. I mean, yeah. that guy, he, I mean, for what he's required to do, he pulls it off convincingly and, uh, and and I bought it. And I love the fact too. you know, not to get social here, but I do love the fact that this family is, is interracial and it's yeah. just not a big deal. It's just not even recognized. And yeah. I think that's that's the goal is we get to the point where you don't even blink at it. And yeah. so I thought that was beautifully realized with an adopted child of Asian descent and a mixed now, race.
0: I will say I agree with everything you just said. The the adoption aspect of things was a little confusing at first. Did that – did was that confusing for you? Um, uh, well, the,
1: no, just because I knew – well, I don't know which aspect you mean. I knew that it jumped forward, and so I wasn't as confused – Well,
0: it it was just, they they said, you know, when it was, yeah, earlier time period, they said like, your brother's arriving today. And then the the first time we ever see him is in this kitchen scene. And he's talking so like an adult. He's talking like an alien. And so I was very confused. I was like, what? Who is this kid supposed to be, is that her brother? Is this,
1: is he supposed to
0: be acting this way? Is everything he's doing normal? Like I just didn't understand. It
1: definitely wasn't. And I can't speak to that just because I had read the book. So I knew I kind of, I already had that base of knowledge, but yes, having, if I had not read the book, I can clearly see how that would be very confusing. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts, Daniel?
0: No, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't want to sound too horribly negative. It's not trash. It's just, this should have been a lot better.
1: Agreed. It should it really should have been a lot better. That said, it has the underpinnings of a lot of positive messaging. And I think it's I think kids are going to like this more than adults. But overall, it is it is certainly a disappointment. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed our review of A Wrinkle in Time. And another big shout-out to Stephen Keller for winning our Oscars contest. 22 out of 24, Steven, You better go play the lottery because that's really pretty good. As always, you can find more of our work at ScreenersCast on Twitter. Search for The Screeners Podcast on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. And join us next time when we'll be doing another bonus review of Tomb Raider. See you next time.
0: And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.